0: want everybody, every single person to have their Bibles open. Now, I want to ask you a question. Start this morning by asking a question. Did you ever in your life come to a point where you were, you were worried where your food's going to come from or the clothes you're going to wear? If, if that's you, just show me. Okay, there's a few honest people here, okay. Now, maybe if I change the, uh, the question a little bit, if I say, if there's anybody here... Who thought of maybe losing their job or never have a job or never had money in the pocket. Don't have to be this week. It could be in the past. Okay, now this message is for you, okay? This is a message for you and, and, uh, we've got a song that we sing. And it, it goes like this. He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need He's all I need He's all I need Jesus is all I need Difficult song, isn't it? But we sing the song and I want to ask you the question Do you really believe that Jesus is all you need? Do you really need you believe that? With every single thing that's within you, do you believe that? If you look at your finances right now, do you believe that? If you look at your provisions, your food in your cupboard, do you believe that? If you look at your clothes, do you believe that? If you look at your future, and you say, hey, but wait a minute, I've got to have a superannuation. I've got to put money aside for my whole day. We've, we, we've got a little bit of voice here this morning. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I think they want to sing. They like the singing. That's, that's what twins do, by the way, okay? <laughs> they offset one another. And, and, and it's like stereo. You, you hear it in stereo. <laughs> Okay, but that's the question. I mean, if we say Jesus is all I need, why do we then look to the future and say, I wonder where I'm going to be in 10 years? Are we going to be financially secure? And with all the New World Order and all the... I've watched another CD over the weekend, and I must tell you, when I watched the CD, I was frightened of seeing what's going on not frightened of fear of what's going to happen, just frightened of people who don't know what's going on in the world right now. And, and you see these things, is not just imaginations that's coming up, it's true. It, it is, there's people out there in the world with hidden agendas who try to destroy Christians. They talk about, and, and you all know this, I'm not going to preach, that's not my sermon this morning, but they talk about chips that you need to implant in your hand, in your forehead, and and if you don't do those things, you're not going to be able to buy food. You're not going to be able to get your kids into school. You're not going to be able to operate like you operate right now. But you see, it's easy when we sit here and, and it's not happened yet. And we sing the song, it's all I need, is all I need, Jesus is all I need. And we, we say we believe that. But when the push comes to shove, or when the tire hits the tar, In real life situations, when it's really going to happen, will you be able to stand and and stand there and shake your head and say, Jesus is all I need? Well, I hope in this morning this is a prophetic message to you. I hope this morning that you will take this word that when those things is going to come around, because it will come around, that you will think back of this morning and say, that truly Jesus is all I need. They asked Hudson Taylor when he went into the missionary field, how are you going to provide for yourself and where are you going to get your provisions from? And he he sort of told them, he said, listen, if God can look after over three million Israelites in the desert, he can surely look after one person. And this is what it's all about. Do you really believe what you say? Or is it only lip service? It's easy to sit here in church and say, yes, he's all I need. But do you really understand what you are saying? Because I'll tell you this, friends, you can sit here today and say that, and next week you can lose your whole bank balance. What are you going to say then? Why did you do this to me, God? Or are you going to look up into heaven and say, Jesus is all I need? This is what it's all about. Are you one of those lip service Christians, or are you really in your heart trusting on the mast, trusting on the equipment, trusting on God? It's like when somebody's in real danger and you're sitting on an island and and the waves are beating and nearly going to engulf the whole whole island and somebody comes with a helicopter on and and you put all your trust that that helicopter is going to take you out of this difficult situation. That is what faith is, in the helicopter. Now friends, Jesus is more and better than that. Now He talks about it the whole Bible. I want... To make a statement this morning I want to say this morning That He, Jesus Christ Is able to provide For you spiritually and physically To the point of your need I want you to listen to what I said Not to the point of your want But to the point of your need Because if we want to live this Christian life We have to understand the difference Between wants and needs He will provide to your need Your want you have to take care of and if you understand that if you lose the want, you will have the need that he's gonna give. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, let's do as an introduction a different verse. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Keep your place in John 6. What is the the manifestation of fear? Who knows what's the manifestation of fear? And we all have got it. If you understand what I'm going to tell you now, you're going to say, yep, that's me. Look at verse 25, Matthew 6, 25. It says, therefore, there's a few pages going, so I'll wait for you. I want everybody to see this passage. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. Do you believe that? Well, the Bible says you can believe that. In John, uh, uh, a bigger part, in Matthew 6.25 says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Worry is a manifestation of fear. If you've got worries in your life, that is the fruit of fear. And it says here, different, it says, it's Jesus' words here. He says, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about it. What you will eat or what you will drink Nor about your body What you will put on it Is not life more than food And the body more than clothing And that's true Life is more worth than food Well some of you might Sit there and say hey I like my uh, Burger King every day If you take it away one day Well I'm going to be worried man But listen life will continue After your Burger King okay So he says that life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Well, if you look at fashion these days, it sounds as if the world is changing those two around. They say fashion is more worth than your body. You've got to have the latest fashion. Jesus says, no, it's the other way around. Your body is more worth than that. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? I remember this verse very well and I'll tell you what, Toki knows it as well. Because if she comes to me and I see the worry on the face and I ask and I can hear it in the voice, I say, listen, let's keep this worrying going on right through the night and tomorrow morning I'll measure your height. See if you've grown. So anytime when she comes around to me and I see the worry, she goes, I know, I can't grow anywhere. <laughs> apart from growing out. But, you know, I can't grow, but... (laughs) But that's true. By worrying, you can add nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not one cubit. And when I'm showing signs of worries, he comes to me and he says, hey, do you want to grow taller? Now, I've measured myself. I'm 1 meter 84. I've been that for the last 10 years. And in the last 10 years, I've worried a lot. I haven't grown, so that is true, the Bible is true, you can't grow so now we continue on, he says in verse 28, so why do you worry about clothing, come on women, sisters ladies, why do you worry about, oh I should say, we are living in a, in a complex society, men are also part of it now, <laughs> the latest fashion, why do you worry about these things why do you worry what you're going to wear well, if you look at people's wardrobes these days, you can see people truly worry what they're going to wear. They haven't got one shirt, they've got 20 of them. You know, they're worried, making plans for the future. We have to look into the future. We have to plan for tomorrow. Well, I say Jesus is enough. You say, but wait a minute, are you talking to me now, saying I shouldn't save money away for the future? Well, do that. I didn't say change your plans. But don't trust in that money. Trust in God. He continues on there. I like the word of God because it's so clear. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He will give you everything you need. He will clothe you. Friends, I want you to understand That he's talking about a physical aspect here He's talking about what you can see and feel And put on your body He's talking about grass He's talking about birds that we can see He's trying to tell these people Do not worry about the physical stuff And that's the message to you I want to say that up to 80% of things That we worry about goes about ourselves That's what we worry about. Where am I going to be tomorrow? Where's my money going to take me tomorrow? And you said it. You said it in a prophetic word this morning. Where am I going to be tomorrow in the future? And here Jesus is trying to tell him about physical stuff. He says, do not worry about those things. It's taking up your time and it's giving you gray hair. Okay? And, And by the way, that's not why I'm gray. It's not all worries. Some of it it might be. It's of age, okay? I'm getting there. (laughs) I'm starting to hit the 40s. I'm starting to prepare for the 40s, okay? They say in the 40s you start getting gray hair. Okay, so some of you haven't got gray hair yet. Well, and you're over 40? I don't know. Well, John, you hit it at 20, didn't you? (laughs) But look at this, friends. He says, you of little faith. Now, I like the following verse in 31. He says, therefore, do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for after all these things the Gentiles seek now who are the Gentiles No, in this case it's the people with no faith it's no faith he was obviously talking to the Jews they should trust in their God but now in our day and age he's talking about people without any faith they are looking after these things and that's how you determine it between somebody you totally trust God and somebody not. They're like the Gentiles. They run this world, this rat race of getting their bank accounts full, getting the best and the latest fashions in their wardrobes. And that's what they seek. And now he says, Do not be like that. Now, look at the last part. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. I like the part when he says he knows it. What does he know? He knows. He knows What you want. Look at that verse. Is that what he knows? What you want. What you need. He knows what you need. And if he knows what you need, it's fantastic to have children and and, and bring up children and being in a family myself. My father knows that I need shoes and he will provide shoes to my need. Now, if I come to my dad and say, Dad... I need $1,000 worth of shoes that pair right over there my dad's going to say no I'll tell you what you need you need shoes the $20 ones over there you see I want the expensive ones but he knows I need these ones that I'm going to wear and that's how we operate sometimes we want and we go to God and, and, and this is how Christians pray we go to God and say, Lord, we want to have that thing. And, and if you only give us that, we will serve you. We will worship you. We will praise you. We will honor you. We will everything to you. If, if only we can get that thing we want. And God says, listen, don't look at the things that you want. Look at the things that you've already got, that others haven't got. He will provide to your needs. And now, look at verse 33. There's a condition. But, sharp contrast, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Have you noticed He didn't say that you have to work for those things? You're saying, what are you trying to say this morning that if we are Christians we have to uh, give up our work and sit at home, back and relax? And no, that's not what I'm saying. He will supply to your need. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and He will give you all these things. It will be added unto you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. How many of you people worry about tomorrow? How many of you people worry about today? How many people worry about the past? You see, it's, it's past. You are so worried that the past is going to catch up with you and you are so worried that in today's life something's going to happen and even with your kids who oh, oh, who our kids are so precious we are so worried something's going to happen and we want to put them in this cocoon and, and protect them against the world and protect them against and we fight their fights so the kids can't get that opportunity to go into situation and work it out for themselves before they can work it we jump in we know better we are adults And then when they're grown-ups, they don't know how to deal with circumstances because we jump in. And he says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient of a day in its own trouble. There's enough things in a day to trouble itself. Now that is the introduction for our message today. And I absolutely believe every single word that Jesus has said. Because John chapter 6 proves to us that this verse is true. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're on John chapter 6. Amen. You, you're still in good time. We just had the introduction. Amen. So let's turn over to John chapter 6. Remember what the Bible said in Matthew chapter 6, It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's see if that verse is true. Let's see if it's true what Jesus had said. Now we come to John chapter 6. And, uh, this is where we have the, the, the recollection of the feeding of the 5,000. And it says in verse 1, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were deceased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now I want you to notice a few things here. First of all, we see that they went over the Sea of Galilee, and the Bible says in verse 2, A great multitude followed them. Now why did they follow them? Because of the signs That's why this great multitude started walking where Jesus was They saw the signs which he did Now I want to uh, suggest to you That a lot of people in today's life come to churches Because they want to see the power of God They want to see the signs They want to see things happen And I feel sorry for these people When I read about these people I see in John chapter 1 That Jesus did not commit himself to them why? Because they were only there for one reason, for the signs. They were looking for something. But friends, there's another thing about this crowd which I picked up. I prepared this and I, and I was meditating over, the week, uh, over this word during this week. I said, Lord, I, I want to see why this multitude came to Jesus. Because of the signs. Why did they come because of the signs? And I want to show you something which I believe the Lord showed me. And that's the same in our day and age. The world is sick and tired of religion. The world is sick and tired of people standing behind the pulpits and promise and give you all the nice and juicy stuff. The world want to see Jesus. They want to see the real Jesus. They want to see the life of Jesus working in our lives. And I believe these people had that same hunger inside of them. Because there's something that John didn't tell us here which the other ones who write about the same situation tells us. He tells us about this. And I want you to notice this. Go with me now to to Mark or Matthew chapter 14. Keep your place there. And I want to show you something here. When Jesus looked at this multitude, there was something in these people. There was a hunger in these people, which I still see in our day and age, in our world. The people don't want to hear anymore that you're going to get rich out of religion. Or that God's going to bless you with a lot of money and, and when you serve Him, it's going to be a bed of roses and easy life. The people want to meet Jesus. That's what the world are looking for. Some of them don't know it yet, but they are looking for Jesus. And let me tell you this, there's people in churches who are sitting every single Sunday under the voice of the ministry who still seek the real Jesus in their lives. Now look at Matthew chapter 14. And this is Matthew now telling us exactly the same story where Jesus is going to make food for 5 thousand people. I'm not going to read it there, but go to verse 14 Matthew 1414 14. and when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. What do we learn extra here from him? He was moved with compassion. Now, I wonder when I read these verses, and you see some people read it and they they just skip past that, but I I stick with that. I say, Lord, how did Matthew see the compassion of Jesus? I mean, Jesus didn't stand up there and say, hey, I'm going to be compassionate now. Uh, This is now my compassion. That is some things as a human, he had to demonstrate so that Matthew can sit down and say, he had compassion. And I I look at this and I close my eyes and I say, Lord, I just want to visualize this. I want to be one in the crowd. And I want to look like Matthew looked at Jesus. Maybe, maybe, when Jesus looked over the crowd, he had a tear running down his face. I don't know, the Bible doesn't say it, but the Bible says he had compassion. He had compassion in his heart when he saw those people. How did he know he had compassion? Another word for compassion is pity. He had pity for them. Another word for it is laugh. All of a sudden he had a laugh coming when he saw them. I, I want to tell you this morning that he saw the hunger, the hunger in the people. And he healed all the sick. Have you noticed? Now John didn't say he healed all the sick. John just said there's a great multitude there. You remember? But here Matthew saw the compassion. Jesus, maybe I tears over him or maybe his voice I don't know how, how do you look when you have compassion and, and then this question keeps coming up in my mind is we who are sitting in this church when we move in the world and we see the crowds do we have the same compassion like Jesus when we look at people when we look in the eyes have we got the compassion for them or, or do we say You are doomed for hell You are going straight to hell And you are condemned Now that's not all I mean he had compassion And he healed his sick But let's see how Mark has put it Look down to Mark chapter 6 Mark was his other uh, disciple who followed and, and Mark was there that day as well You see three different eyewitnesses Of the very same account John saw it He didn't write about the compassion. Matthew saw it and he says, "Man, The the, the man had compassion in him. And he healed the sick. Now, go to Mark 6 and look at verse 34. Exactly the same thing. The same situation. The same day, the same crowd. And Jesus, when He came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them. You see? He was moved. Now, look what happened here. Because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. And I, you know, I'm getting that excitement coming over me right now. I love it. That is how you learn more about the situation. Go to the others. He says, he says that Jesus was moved by compassion. Why? Why? Because now He's telling us what Jesus saw. He looked at the crowd and He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. They are lost. A sheep without a shepherd is lost. A sheep without a shepherd is in danger. Because a sheep without a shepherd, the wolves can come in and they can kill the sheep. And now I can understand a little bit more about Jesus when He looks at these people and He thinks, They haven't got a shepherd but they've been so long without a shepherd that I don't know whether they still want a shepherd. Are you with me now? I don't, I don't know whether they still want it, but he was moved with compassion. And then in this recollection, it says that he started to teach them many things. What did he teach them? What did he teach them? He healed their sick. They came because of the signs. He healed the sick. He moved compassion. And now He he teaches them. What what did He teach them? Turn with me to Luke chapter 9. And, And we find answers as we go along. And here we have Luke writing about exactly the same situation. He was also there that day. So we have the collection of John, we have the collection of Matthew. We have the, Matthew said he healed the sick. We have the collection of Mark, who said that he taught them. He saw that they were without a shepherd, sheep without a shepherd. Now let's see what Luke says about it in, in Luke chapter 9, 11. And it's easy to remember. There's 9, 11. Okay, what happened on 9, 11? Okay, we won't get there. Look, look at in verse 11 But when the multitudes knew it They followed him And he received them And spoke to them about the kingdom of God And healed those who had need of healing So there we've got it Mark says to us In his recollection of the events He says that when he saw them He was moved with compassion And because they were like sheep without a shepherd And he taught them something He teached them What did he teach them? About the kingdom of heaven. When we started in Matthew chapter 6 this morning, he says, but seek ye first what? The kingdom of heaven. There's the answer. You know, folks, that's, that's, that's simple as, it can't be more simpler than that. You, you tell me that you, you can't understand this Christian walk you have to do. It's like walking and falling, walking and falling. I tell you this morning, according to the Word of God, it's as simple as that. Seek you first the kingdom of God. When He saw these people, He was moved with compassion about them. The first thing He did, He taught them about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom. Who's that? That's Jesus Christ coming into your life, taking control of your life, establishing His kingdom within you. Not within the church, within you. Because if we come together and He's in us, we serve one another. We worship Him and serve one another. That is what church is all about. Okay? Isn't that fantastic? Now we understand a little bit more about that day. You see, I read through that passage so many times. I've heard so many sermons about it. And every single one concentrates on the on the feeding and the multiplication. But I want to feel Jesus' heart. I want to pray these words. I want to say, Jesus, let me see people through your eyes. And now for the first time I can understand when when in John chapter, chapter 6, when he saw the multitude, he had compassion in his heart, he healed the sick, he taught them about the kingdom of heaven. That is the spiritual aspect of the whole matter. And believe me, friends, they were lost. They were lost. I want to show you another thing. Turn with me to the last book of the Old Testament. Understand the times with, with, with wherein Jesus moved through this country, and you will understand why Jesus said a lot of things. And apply it to our lives, because there's a lot of people in our day and age who are lost. Okay. Turn to the book of Malachi, the very last book of the of the Old Testament. and keep your finger just just while while you go there there's another uh, uh, verse that I want you to go to in Isaiah I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 9 just go to two places let's do the paging and then then I'll explain to you help us lord help us holy spirit i need you at this point in time to give to this people what you've you've actually planted in my heart father i can't give them more than what i've received Only what I've received I can give these people this morning. and That's what I pray for, Lord. Isaiah chapter 9. Now, we're going to first read it out of Malachi, okay? And then we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 9. So, don't go ahead of me. Just go to the places where I show you. Malachi chapter 4. Now, it says in verse 1, For behold, the day is coming burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name... Now, I like this following, because this is another title for Jesus which you might not have heard before. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise. Now, notice in your Bible he didn't say S-O-N, Son, like my Son. It says the S-U-N Sun What does the sun bring? Light Everybody saw it this morning When you woke up You knew it was day Because the sun came up S-U-N With a capital letter Refers to Jesus Christ So now we know that In John chapter 1 verse 4 Says that Jesus Who was with God Who was God Came into this world Within Him was His life And the life was the light To the people The darkness of sin The light of Jesus Christ Shined into that And that brought us light Now the prophet comes in Malachi And he prophesies about the son of righteousness That will come And then friends For 400 years nothing happened After the last word which was spoken By the prophet Malachi 400 years nothing happened There was no word from God Oh they talk about the Maccabees And all these things that happened in that time But we've got nothing written in the Bible Between that and the very first words of Matthew And the very first prophet after Malachi That came onto the scene was John the Baptist And John the Baptist says I'm here to prepare the way of him who's coming And you know what what came into the world friends The son of righteousness came into the world they had no word from God. They had no prophet. They were lost. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And the, and, and the men, the religion, the Pharisees, they put burdens and yokes on them. But you see, the sun comes in and it shines through all of that. Now go to Isaiah 9. The Bible tells us everything that happens. Don't you think the Bible is a wonderful book? Hey? I love it. I love the Bible all of Olive heart. And as long as this church stays within these, this Bible and preach the Bible, we are safe. Amen. Somebody say amen. Come on. Amen. Now look at this. Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when uh, at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zibulim and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavenly oppressed her. By the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Now look at this. In Galilee of the Gentiles. I like this. Just keep your place. Here. We'll come back now, but go to John. Okay, go to John 6. Let's do this. Look at me, church. We're gonna do this, okay? We're gonna jump in the Bible. I like this. Compare this now with John chapter 6 verse 1. John chapter 6 verse 1 says After these things Jesus went over the sea of Hallelujah Somebody haven't got it yet I'll wait for you, okay (laughs) Which sea did they go over? The sea of Galilee Go back to Isaiah 9 It says in verse uh, The end of verse 1 In Galilee of the Gentiles Is this the same place? Come on church, be lively Is this the same place? Yes it is What happened there in that land? Verse 2, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Go down to verse 6. Who was this light? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over the kingdom to the order and establish it with judgments and justice, From the time forward Even forever the zeal of God And hosts will be formed This Hallelujah Somebody say it Are you excited? (laughs) This is great stuff people This tells us that the Bible is true And here this morning We are walking with Jesus and He went over the Sea of Galilee. And we've all got all these prophecies that's waited upon us. And it comes and it says in Malachi, the Son of Righteousness, which is the Son brings the light. It says in Isaiah, those people in Galilee, upon them the light will come in, the light will shine, it will come up. And there Jesus is. And they run for the signs. They think they were looking for the sign, but within them they were searching for the lights. And Jesus looked upon them and he was moved with compassion Because he knew what they need They didn't need the miracles They need Jesus I bring to you today Jesus I preach to you Jesus And you know how I preach him to you? I preach him to you as being crucified for you and for me That is exciting That is him Now I can understand that He looks after us spiritually. He's not interested only in your blue eyes and your shining eyes. He's interested in your soul. He wants you to belong to Him. But He's not going to force you. You have to come to the light. You have to come to the light. He lifted up His eyes and seeing the great multitude coming toward Him. We know now that he healed their sick physically He touched them We know now that he taught them about the kingdom of God Let me tell you how you get the kingdom of God You must be born again There's no other way Sorry Muhammad, you was wrong (laughs) Sorry Buddha, you are wrong Sorry Hare Krishna, you are wrong Listen, sorry religion, you are wrong. There is one way. Sorry Jehovah Witness, sorry Mormons, you are wrong. His name is Jesus. Will you say it with me? Jesus. He says in John fourteen, he says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." You want light in your situation, Jesus. You had the situation, my brother, this week. Who brought you the light, Jesus? It's Him. He's the only one. And you might be sitting in the crowd this morning and say, I've got all these difficulties over my life. I want I want Him. I want Jesus. Just cry out to Him. And He will be moved with compassion because you, yes, you are like a sheep without a shepherd. You cannot go through this world without a shepherd. You need a shepherd. And friends, I'm not that shepherd. Are you with me now? I can't do it for you. I'm just the one preaching the word. You can't ask me because my powers—I mean, <laughs> I bought myself a gym I thought, man, I'm 16 years younger. I got on a treatment, brother Bill, and I started getting pains in places I didn't knew I had. Places, okay? In my body, I can't do it, friends. I can pray for you and I can pray for you. I can counsel you for 10 years, but if you're not going to come to the light, forget it, friends. I'm going to just wear myself down And you will look for another shepherd and leader I don't want you to trust in me I want you to trust in God I don't want you to to put all your, your faith in me I want to connect you with Him He's the one Those are big words But it's true Now, that's the spiritual side of it And then Jesus lifted up His eyes And now I like the following Because we're going to see three kinds of provision here He looks at Philip, and he says in verse 5, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now look at these response, okay? Uh, But this he knew, he said to test him for himself, knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. Notice the words. He asked Philip, why did he ask Philip? Why didn't he ask Andrew or... Or Peter. Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why Philip? He comes to Philip. I say, hey, Philip. You see all these people? Where the... And he uses the word buy. Okay? Because now he's on, on Philip's level. The Bible says he already knew what he was going to do. But just to test them, he calls Philip closer. He says, hey, Philip, where are we going to buy bread for all these people? Now I want to... Suggest to you that he asked Philip Because when we go to John chapter 1 When Philip went to uh, um, uh, Nathaniel He said hey Nathaniel we found him Of whom Moses and the prophet have spoken So now I know that, that Philip was one of those guys who studied The scriptures He goes to the guy who put all his faith In the in only the, the written word And he asked him How are we going to buy food for these people Can you understand now the test Friends, this is written. Mine is really, I mean, look at all the pages in there and all the writing in there. This is the letter. The Holy Spirit's got to make it alive for you. It's got to be the living word, okay? He goes to Philip and he says, Hey, Philip, where are we going to buy bread for all these people? Philip looked at him and he says, Hey, 200 denarii is not even enough to 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 them that they may have little. What is 200 denarii? It's a lot of money because in those days one denarii was one day's wage Okay, so you work the whole day from nine to five and you walk out and the boss brings one of those coins there's your pay for the day one denarii Philip says he says Jesus I have to work for 200 days there's no time to work for those days by the way but 200 denarii is not enough to give them a little and that's man's provision. You see, when when this problem comes our way, our first reaction is, how am I going to solve the problem? This is it. Which bank manager can I run to now? Okay, I'll pay it off. Believe me, I'll pay it off. They can put interest in, but I need the cash now. That's how Philip operates. He says, I need the mullah, I need the money in my hand to buy these people. But he also realized, he's a good calculator, because he, he worked out 5,000 people, 200 denarii. woo Everyone might have a bite, but it's not going to be enough. It's going to be little. Friends, let me put it to you this way. Our provision is always a little. We can't give enough. We can't give enough. But there's another clever guy standing. He, he overheard this whole conversation. And entering into our picture, in verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fees, but what are they among so many? <laughs> he, he, this guy hears it and, and I can only see him, he's trying to put his nose into other people's business, okay? Jesus didn't ask him, he didn't say, Andrew, you I want this comedy. You see, he didn't call the committee together. He called one guy. He says, "Philip, how are we going to buy them?" Andrew overhears that, and he, and he thought he's smart now. He, he pokes his nose in the business. He says, "Hey, Jesus, there's a guy here. He's a lad here, and, and he's got these fish and this barley loaves." But uh, look at him. He says, "But what are they among so many?" I want to suggest to you that he also knew the scriptures. And that somewhere in the scriptures he read about a miracle that took place about barley loaves. But when he saw the multitude and he thought about the scriptures, he thought, nah, it can't happen. And let me take you to that place. Go with me to 2nd Kings chapter 4. I want to suggest to you that maybe Andrew thought, now he was clever, he read the scriptures... And one day he was sitting down and he read about this wonderful miracle that took place in Second Kings chapter 4. But you see, his faith was only that big. Okay, not like a master's seat. Don't go there. It was only that big. His faith had limits. And that's what, what this is going to prove to us. Our faith has got limits, but God's got no limits at all. Okay, look at chapter 4 verse 42. 2nd uh, Kings 2nd <clears throat> Kings chapter 4 now before that Eliza was purifying a pot of stew the stew tasted yaggy he put some flour in it and tastes good but I like verse 42 then a man came from Baal Salisha I hope I said that right did I say that right Okay, Baal Salisha and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits 20 loaves of barley bread you see that and newly ripened grain in his knapsack. And he said, give it to the people that they may eat. Now look at this. But his servant, but Andrew, this is Andrew, okay? But his servant said, what? So I said this before one hundred men? Twenty loaves of bread, one hundred men? There you've got Andrew. Okay. And this is the same that Andrew said, but I don't think it's... He looked at the crowd and think, nah. It's not enough Now look what happens He said again Give it to the people that they may eat For this says the Lord They shall eat and have some left over Can somebody say amen Hallelujah See what happens in verse 44 So he said it before them And they ate and had some left over According to the word of God There you've got it Go back to John 6 Same situation What's different now 100 turned into 5,000 And 20 turned into 5 <laughs> I love it The one gets less And the other one gets more Okay I mean that's what the boss Trying to tell me Let's cut your pay And, and increase your work <laughs> What are you going to say What <laughs> He's got it there He says now He says hey uh, Jesus Sorry for interrupting you. That's my paraphrase, okay? There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small feet, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. I want you to notice now the, the, the sequence of what's going to happen. Your best place where you can ever be in life is where? At Jesus' feet. Humble yourself before His strong arm. Sit down. Hey, hey, if I am sitting down, I'm relaxed relax don't worry about tomorrow, don't worry about your life your difficult situation come over your life the first thing you do, say hey Toki before you go, let's sit down, okay (laughs) let's relax (laughs) because I'll tell you one thing friends if you're not relaxed, you make hasty decisions and when you make hasty decisions, they are normally the wrong decisions am I right here I didn't ask you, I'm telling you Okay, He says let him sit down Now there was much grass in the place So the men sat down In numbers about five thousand And Jesus took the loaves And when he had given thanks He distributed them to the disciples What are we learning this morning about that They only had five and two That's not much But he gave thanks He said Lord I want to thank you for The five bread and the two fish You know what we do if we've got five bread and two fish, and the Joneses next door has got 20 breads, what do we do? Our prayer changes, is not it? Lord, why, how come is it that they can have 20 and I only have five? I'm saying it with the utmost respect, friends, Jesus, thank God for what they had. You see, some of you need to open up your eyes and say, Lord, I am so happy with what you've given me. I might not have what they have, but I've got you. I've got Jesus. He's all I need. There's people out there, no doubt about it. There's people, listen friends, the yacht that's lying in the harbor next to that beautiful city there is more than what I double earn in a year just to, to, to put it down there per year. They've got more than me. But it doesn't bother me because I've got Jesus. And you know what? I'm not going to pray and say, Lord, it's so unfair. I'm your child. Are they cursing you? Look at them. They've got the boat and I, I need to make friends to get a boat one day and catch fish. You see, friends, that's what I learned this morning from Jesus. He says, sit them down, relax, be calm, and then he thanked God for what they had. Become a, a, a grateful person towards God. If you get a flat tire on the motorway, get out of the car and say, thank you, Lord. I'm so thankful. <laughs> if you're a tradesman and you put that, that, that nail up there and you've got the hammer, okay? <laughs> and you miss that nail and you hit it right on the thumb. <laughs> Thank the Lord for that. <laughs> but friends, no, the message that I want to give you is this. Be grateful for what? you've. Be content. Be content. And if you need, listen, not want... If you need something which is needful, pray it from God. Now they needed something, they needed food. Jesus, Jesus didn't say, hey, wait a minute, we can have a photo op here. We to have a photo opportunity here and get all the newspapers in and we're going to see something. It's going to be a miracle day. No, 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 he didn't do that. He said, Lord, we only thank you for what we've got. And he thanked the Lord. He given thanks, he distributed to disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise to the fish. As much as they wanted to their completion. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up in twelve baskets with the fragments of five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign of Jesus, that Jesus had said to This is truly the prophet who is come into the world. You know what I see in that passage? Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. He gave them enough for what they needed. They were hungry. He was moved with compassion upon them. He taught them. He healed their sick. He fed them physically. But I'll tell you one thing, and we're going to catch up now, not now today, but when we continue on, we will see that they're going to race after Him. And he's going to talk to them he says, you come to me because of what you've eaten. They were hungry and they didn't realize what hunger they had. And this is how we should be, friends. We should be the light in the world. We should go out and be moved with compassion upon the people around us. We should be moved to to be Jesus for them. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying walk around and tell everybody you're a God now. This is not what it's all about. That's pride. I'm saying go out and serve where God wants you to serve. And you know what He will do? He will feed you to what you need. And He will have more for you for the next day. That the, the fact that they were gathered those, those baskets full tells me that we don't have to worry about tomorrow. We don't have to worry about it. It goes back to with what I started in Matthew 6. Do not worry about your life, what you shall wear or what you shall eat. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. When they came to me, he taught them about the kingdom of God. And then he added to them. He supplied them. When they walked away there, every one of them were really satisfied. Full, they were filled up. I hope this morning that you received the word of God. I hope this morning that you will walk from this place and you will say, Lord, I am filled with what you wanted to give me. Now, there's another side of this whole story. You see, the whole 5,000 who was there was hungry. They, they were hungry. They wanted food. And they ate the food. But there could have been one in that crowd who said, ah, nah, I'm not going to eat this. This is freaky. You know, they only had five bread and see what happened now. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I can eat that stuff. It's your choice. You can feast at Jesus' table any time. But it's your choice. You see, he's not going to force you. He didn't say. He didn't call over his disciples and say, "Hey, excuse you see that guy there and that girl there? They're not eating. I want you to go over there and make them eat. Push them down and put the food in You No way. That's not the God we serve. It's the ones who come and who are hungry, who will eat the food and will receive and grow from there. Let's all stand and pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful of you this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness. And Father, this morning we had a word. And Father, I believe it's a timely word. You, say, you said this morning to us, you said, do not worry. And Father, no doubt that there might be people who are standing here who are still worried. They still worried about something in their life which might be exposed. They still worried about something in their lives which hasn't been dealt yet with. There might be people standing here looking at their finances and they are worried. Oh, they might put up a brave face and say, ah, no, no, no. (coughs) But Lord, You know the heart and that's why with Your confidence and with Your uh, uh, security, Lord, I pray for these people. And Father, if there's a spirit of worry here this morning, I want to pray that You show them something bigger than that and that's Jesus who supplies to our needs we thank you Lord that he's the light that came up in in our lives we thank you that your word again spoke to us Father thank you that we know that even if we do it in our own strength and power it is only a little and it will only last a little but when you did this miracle Lord there was left over not only little but plenty left over Father, I pray that you help us. Help us to realize that we need to trust on you. We need to stay with you. We need to hold on to you. But, Father, it's easy said than done. What it needs from us is to die in ourselves. Like John said, I must decrease and he must increase. That's what it is. And, Father, for some it's difficult to die in himself, for some it's difficult to decrease. Our whole nature, natural nature tells us to increase. But Father, we go against that. We must decrease and Jesus must increase. I pray it in Jesus' name. Father, help us to seek the kingdom of God first. Help us to have faith. And like I said, Lord, in this message, it starts with being born again. We've been not only taking you on as your savior, but as your Lord. I pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody say Amen. That was the word for this morning. May God bless you with it. May He strengthen you with it. May He keep you during this week. And here around about by Wednesday, when that worry pain started coming back, you just turn around and you point towards Sunday and say, devil, that's where I've left you. Sunday. Do not worry about your life. We're going to take up the offering can somebody just call our magician not our magic magician but our magician and she uh, will come and play for us and we'll take up the offering and God bless you and we're going to take do the announcements and then we're going to drink a cup of coffee together may God bless you hallelujah will you pray for us over the finances please you uh... What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. No, sorry, no, that's not the song. We will enter His gates. Sorry, we will enter His gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Amen. Let's all sing it together. Amen.